All right, stand with me if you can in reverence to the reading of God's Word today. Good to have everybody back with us. Some we've missed, and we're glad you're able to be back with us today. Good to see you. Good to have you back. Amen. Early yesterday morning, as I was continuing to pray and seek the Lord for this service, He led me to this passage. And I really feel that the Holy Spirit wants to do something today really feel like he wants somebody's life to be touched today. You know, we used to come to church with expectation. We used to didn't want to miss church because we was afraid we'd miss something. I'm believing God's reviving those days again that, you know what, staying home isn't an option anymore. We'll sanitize our hands. We'll put on a hazmat suit if we have to, but we're going to church. Amen? We're going to join our hearts together with each other and Because you never know when it may be a time that God wants to work a miracle in your life. And I'm believing that's what he's going to do today in some hearts. So verse 1 of 2 Kings chapter 25, if you're there, shout a great big amen. All right. And it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, in the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came, he and all his host, against Jerusalem, pitched against it, They built forts against it round about. And the city was besieged under the 11th year of King Zedekiah. On the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine prevailed in the city. There was no bread for the people of the land. The city was broken up, and all the men of war fled by night by the way of the gate between two walls, which is by the king's garden. Now the Chaldees were against the city round about, and the king went the way toward the plain. The army of the Chaldees pursued after the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho, and all his army were scattered from him. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon to Riblah, and they gave judgment upon him. And they slew the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes and they put out the eyes of Zedekiah and bound him with fetters of brass and carried him to Babylon and in the fifth month on the seventh day of the month which is the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came Nebuzaradan captain of the guard a servant of the king of Babylon unto Jerusalem and he burnt the house of the Lord and the king's house and all the houses of Jerusalem Every great man's house burnt he with fire. And all the army of the Chaldees that were with the captain of the guard break down the walls of Jerusalem round about. Now the rest of the people that were left in the city and the fugitives that fell away to the king of Babylon with the remnant of the multitude did Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carry away. I want you to go back with me if you would to verse number 4. And the city was broken up and all the men of war fled by night by the way of the gate between two walls which is by the king's garden. Now the Chaldees were against the city round about and the king went the way toward the plain. Thought of a number of titles for this message today but feel the one the Holy Spirit wants me to bring to you this morning is this thought, the only way to escape. The only way 
to escape. Would you turn to somebody and tell them there's one way to escape? There's one way to escape. Amen? Let's ask the Lord to help us. Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for this moment that you've given me that I can stand behind this precious desk today. And I ask you, God, to freshly anoint me as a vessel in your hand. Clothe me with the anointing, with the unction of the Holy Spirit. I pray you'll speak through me in this very hour. Lord, I give you everything I am. Take me, Lord, speak. Take my lips of clay and tongue of clay and declare your word. God, I know this is a weighty responsibility. Lord, that lives are being weighed in the balance. So I ask you, Lord, here and now, for you to open heaven over us. Lord, I ask you to drive this home this morning in the way only you can, the way that will only happen by the anointing of your Spirit. God, speak to us here and now, and we will give you praise for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Tell two or three people there's one way to escape. Amen. The only way to escape. Thank you, brother. You know, this is a passage of Scripture here that, you know, it takes a little while to digest. This is the last part of, of 2 Kings, the last chapter of 2 Kings, and the reality is this was the very last king of Judah in the Old Testament, the very last king of Judah that was put in place. If we were to back up to the chapter previous, we'd find that there was two other kings that had just served. Now, I don't have a lot of time today, so stay with me for just a moment. You see, Zedekiah had a brother, and his brother's name was Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim and Zedekiah, which Zedekiah's name had been changed from Madaniah. Madaniah was his birth name. But both of these were the sons of King Josiah. How many of you remember hearing about King Josiah, the one that brought revival to the land? We find that after Josiah dies, that through a series of events, Jehoiakim becomes the king over Judah, and all of a sudden there were these armies that became encamped against Judah. Egypt came and encamped against Judah. Babylon came and encamped against Judah. And Jehoiakim began to pay tribute unto them, began to pay them basically just to survive. We find in chapter 24, though, that Jehoiakim said, I'm through paying the tribute. And how many of you know that when you have sold your soul almost to the enemy and given yourself over to the things of this world, the devil isn't going to let go of you very easy. And so Nebuchadnezzar began to come and to begin to work evil against Judah. We find that this very one Jehoiakim, we see as we look here that basically he judgment of the Lord came on him because the Bible says he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did the ways of Manasseh, which was where they sacrificed children. Jehoiakim was actually, uh, we find as, as we read through there, that he was carried away in, in captivity and ended up being slain. We know as we go just a little bit further that Nebuchadnezzar appointed the next king and the king that he appointed, he skipped over who should have been king and he appointed there, if you look in verse 17, he appointed Mataniah and renamed him Zedekiah. 
And this brings us here to verse 25, or chapter 25. Zedekiah, the Bible says, did evil in the sight of the Lord as well. And the judgment of the Lord and anger of the Lord was kindled against Zedekiah. And Zedekiah as well tried to rebel against the king of Babylon, but to no avail. For as we jump to this chapter, chapter 25, go there with me. We find in this very first verse that the king of Babylon came. They came against Jerusalem and pitched against it and built forts against it round about. How many of you know that if there's anything the devil's after in your life, He's after the true peace that comes only from the Lord. If you're thankful for the peace of God today, say amen. When you see Jerusalem in Scripture, it represents peace. And Zedekiah was trying in his own way to break away from the captivity of Babylon and rebelling against Babylon. But the king, King Nebuchadnezzar comes and they surround Judah. We find in verse 2 that the city was besieged. They took the city in the 11th year of King Zedekiah, which was around 587 B.C. And in the ninth day of the fourth month, I want you to look there, verse number 3, we find that a famine comes to the land and it prevails in the city. Understand today that if the enemy has his way in your life, you will spiritually starve to death. If the enemy is able to accomplish what he desires, he will surround you. He will attack the peace that comes only from the Lord. And eventually he will begin to attack even your ability to feed yourself. That's why it's so important that you don't stay out of church. That you make it 100% committed. You're committed to be faithful unto the house of the Lord, unto the house of worship. That you're faithful. Why? Because the enemy wants to starve you out in your spiritual life. As we go another verse down, verse 4, we find that the city was broken up and all the men of war begin to flee. That's the enemy's plan. If he can gain an inch, he'll gain a mile. Are you hearing me? He wants to break up your life, break up your spiritual man, break up your home, break up your marriage, break up your family, break up your relationships, break up your friendships. He wants to break up that calling that is on your life. He wants to break up that anointing that the Holy Ghost put upon you. He wants to break it all apart. He wants to come in just as we see in verse number four and he wants to cause you rather than looking unto the Lord he wants to cause you to look to the, another way to find another way of escape to look to the things of this world to turn unto sin to turn unto temptation to turn unto alcohol or drugs or, or sexual uh, fulfillment or perversions he wants you to look to all these other things rather than turning unto the Lord this verse, verse 4, we find that something happened. The king, the Bible says that him and his men of war, they fled. And we can understand that here it was that as they fled in verse 4, and I'm looking at it, now the Chaldees were against the city round about. And the king went the way towards the plain. Is it all right if I step down there with you all for a minute? The king went the way towards the plain. 
understand the plain that they're speaking of there is the plains of Jericho. This is another tactic of the enemy because Jericho being defined actually means sweet place, a fragrant place. It also was a place for, uh, that was known for palm trees and palm trees represent that of stability. And so somehow in Zedekiah's mind, he looked and said, I, it's, I've, the only way for me to survive is I've got to flee to the plains. This place, Look at what's out in front of me. It's sweet smelling and it's a place of stability. Isn't that how the devil works? He'll show you things in your life and he'll tell you this is the way out. This is what you can do. This is how you're going to survive. Pop another pill to get a little bit of peace. Drink another sip of alcohol to get a little bit of peace. I know nobody in here knows what I'm talking about. Are you hearing me today? The enemy will push you in that direction where he wants you to give in to the flesh, give in to the desires of the flesh and the things of the flesh and to go in the the wrong direction, and this is exactly what happened to Zedekiah. He had been given a name by his father and his mother called Madaniah. Madaniah meant gift of God, but his name was changed to Zedekiah, and Zedekiah actually means justice of Jehovah, or Jehovah is righteous. Now, obviously, we know the judgment of the Lord was coming down on Jerusalem and Judea, and Judah rather, and on Zedekiah. But understand this as well, that the enemy wants to bring you to the place that you don't live up to your name. You call yourself a Christian, but you're not living up to your name. You call yourself a child of God, but you're not living up to your name. Listen to me. I, I want you to know, I know, I like how some of you are looking at me now. There are some folks that call themselves Christians that the Lord is nowhere to be found in their life. Why do you say that preacher? Because this word tells us that God is love. Did you hear me? And there's no love coming from them. Jesus said by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. The, the greatest litmus test in your life whether or not you're a true believer is the love of God inside of your heart. Zedekiah ran. He fled. He was running. We find that as he was running, trying to escape from the king of Babylon, all of a sudden, in verse number five, the army of the Chaldees, look at that. The army of the Chaldees pursued after the king, and they overtook him in the plains of Jericho. And his army was scattered from him. Look at this now. See, Pastor, this isn't a message for, for, all, for me. Yes, it is. It's for all of us. It's for the sinner and the saint. Because Satan is a professional at getting you to look to the wrong things and run to the wrong places and do the wrong things rather than turning unto the Lord. He's a professional at, at bringing things into your life and, and causing such havoc in your soul to where you're running in the wrong direction. And even a self-righteousness that he'll plant in your spirit that says, this is okay, I'm right, they're wrong. And it's there, it gets birth on the inside of you. I want to tell you something. Through the years in ministry, I've stared down 
down some folks that have been in three piece. I know I wore a suit today and I'm normally in blue jeans and a coat, but I look, just love me through it. I felt like throwing on a pinstripe suit this morning. But Clayton, I've looked at some folks that have had suits on and, and called themselves children of God, but yet everything coming out of them, they were acting just like the devil. Are you hearing me? I, I think I've been in church services with some folks that call themselves Christian and they had a dress on that drugged the floor, but yet they were as mean as a striped spider. Are you hearing me today? Understand today that the enemy wants us to go the wrong direction, to look at, to look to the wrong things, and he'll sow this thing in us that is a self-righteousness and a pride that says, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, but it's a lie from the pits of hell, and he'll cause you to run in the wrong direction towards the plains of Jericho, but it is there the enemy is plotted and planned to surround you to destroy your life. I know this ain't a message you're going to shout me down on yet, but just hang on. We're going somewhere with it. I want you to look at the next verse. Verse 6, so they took the king and they brought him to Babylon, to Riblah, and they gave judgment upon him. In verse 7, and they slew the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes and put out the eyes of Zedekiah and bound him with fetters of brass and carried him to Babylon. Hear me now. You see, it was Zedekiah's pride that kept him from trusting in the Lord. It was his pride, Fausti, that kept him from trusting in the Savior. It was his pride that kept him from looking to the Lord. Are you hearing me? In Proverbs 16, verse 18, it says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's pride that keeps folks from fully surrendering unto the Lord. It's pride that causes folks to be bound and shackled and chained. It's pride that caused King Zedekiah to be led right from the place that he had run to to be led further into bondage. The very name Babylon actually means confusion. It means confusion by mixing. See, the devil wants to get you to a place that he, if he can't do nothing else, he can get you confused. He can get you to the place where you don't know up from down. He can get you to the place that you don't know if you're going or you're coming. And he'll get you pushed to a place that fear invades your soul and you're depressed and you're discouraged. Pride to keep you there. Pride to cause you to be in a place of bondage in your life. Listen to me. Jeremiah chapter 38. I want you to go there. Because this is the same account. Help me, Holy Ghost. Jeremiah chapter 38. I want you to look at verse number 17. This is the account of this story in Jeremiah. Notice now. For in verse 17, Jeremiah, then said Jeremiah unto Zedekiah, thus saith the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, if thou wilt assuredly go forth unto the king of Babylon's princes, then thy soul shall live, and this city shall not be burned with fire, and thou shalt live in thine house. Verse 18. 
chapter 38, I'm sorry. But if thou will not go forth to the king of Babylon's princes, then shall this city be given into the hand of the Chaldeans, and thou shalt burn it with fire, and thou shalt not escape out of their hand. Verse 19, and Zedekiah the king said to Jeremiah, I am afraid of the Jews that are fallen to the Chaldeans, lest they deliver me into their hand, and they mock me. Verse 20, but Jeremiah said, they shall not deliver thee. Obey, I beseech thee, the voice of the Lord which I speak unto thee, so it shall be well unto thee, and thy soul shall live. You know what? We all have a hard time making sense of that passage. Jeremiah's counsel was, go to the king of Babylon. Go to the king of Babylon. See, we're always at a place in our life that we want to be delivered from our circumstance. We want to be delivered from our situation. We don't like having to fight battles. We don't like having to face things. But see, God has a way of using things to bring about his will. And there are times, like it or not, that we've got to be willing to endure the struggle and endure the battle and endure the storm. See, Zedekiah was actually one that was receiving his, he was king when the judgment of the Lord was coming. And there was no choice, Fausti. He had to walk through it. And Jeremiah said, if you'll just go and if you'll just present yourself to the king of Babylon, you'll live, Zedekiah, and all your family will live and all will be well. Oh, I know pride causes us to say, I refuse to go through it. Pride causes us to say, why am I having to face this? I've been faithful to church. I've paid my tithes. I've worked in the church and this is how God repays me. Pride causes us to elevate ourselves to a place that we become so self-righteous on the inside. I wish I could tell you that when you get saved, there will never be another problem. There will never be another trouble or a trial. But friend, listen, if, if it comes to your life, you need to know the Lord to bring you through it. He didn't take the children of Israel to the Red Sea for them to die in it. He brought them to it so he could take them through it and the enemy perished behind them. I know we don't want to have to go through some stuff, but pride will cause you to say, I refuse to listen to what God is trying to tell me. Pride calls Zedekiah. It kept him from trusting and obeying the word of the Lord. I know there's nobody here like this, but you ever know somebody that's always right? Come on, anybody, anybody know somebody that's always right? You can go ahead and point them out real quick. I'm just kidding, don't do that. <laughs> always right. Always right. You know what that is? That's pride. Because we're not, we're, we can never be right all the time. Go ahead and if you're married, look at your spouse real quick and just tell them, I know I'm not right all the time, baby. Just tell them, I know I'm not right all the time, baby. Come on, that's a good way to humble yourself right there. She been He or she has been waiting for you to say that. I know I'm not right all the time. Look, somebody just got slain in the spirit over that right there. Amen. <laughs> the pride causes you to think I'm right, they're wrong. 
We, don't, we, we get hard in our hearts and in our spirits and we don't listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to say and what he's trying to show us and how he's trying to deal with us in our lives. And this is where Zedekiah was at. How can it be any more clear that the prophet Jeremiah says, I beseech you, I beg you, Zedekiah, obey the voice of the Lord. If you'll just obey his voice, you'll live, you'll, you'll survive this, all will be well. We find that Zedekiah's response in verse 19 was, I'm afraid of the Jews. See, he lived in the fear of man rather than fearing God. He was more scared of what somebody was going to say than what the Lord had to say about it. He, he lived in a fear that kept him from being obedient unto the Lord, that kept him from stepping in the directions that the Lord would have. You know, we, we've all faced this at some point in our lives, and Fear has many forms, and one of those forms is that fear, a spirit of fear uses manipulation. Any of you ever been through that? Where somebody manipulates you to get what they want out of you? Anybody know what I'm talking talking about this morning? Come on. They manipulate you to get you to do something, manipulate you to, to get you to, to say something or act a certain way. I'm going to tell you, I've seen it through the years that folks that have been through abuse especially live with that kind of fear inside of them, an insecurity almost that is there. But this can apply to many areas of life. It's time that the Holy Spirit stands up inside of us as God's children and we make our minds up. We're going to be bold in the face of the enemy, no matter what the devil says, no matter what he tries to do, that we're going to do what God says, not what man says. That's why Jesus said not to fear man, but fear the one that can destroy the soul. Fear God. Amen. Fear God. Everybody ain't going to like you. Everybody's not going to be for you. But you know what? God's for you. I said God's for you. So I'm not going to fear what man can do unto me. No. We need a revival today of the fear of the Lord in the house again because it'll cause you to get rid of some stuff in your life. Well, I don't want to miss church because I don't want the pastor to be upset with me. You need to be worried about God being upset with you. Crickets. I like that. I'm telling you the truth. This word says it. Pastor, you're just saying this to try to get a crowd. No, I'm saying this because I'm trying to preach the word to you. Hebrews chapter 10, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Listen, if, if the enemy has accomplished anything through this COVID epidemic, pandemic, plague, if he's accomplished anything, it is to cause folks to be so scared that they don't want to go to church. We need God to turn that around where we say, Lord, most of all, I'm living in fear of the Lord more than anything else in this life. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm not scared of you. I'll tell you something. I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I know not everybody likes me. I know not everybody likes my preaching, likes my singing, likes how I do things or what I do. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I, I'm, I'm fine with that because the truth is there's plenty, there's plenty, plenty of flavors of churches around. Go find one that you do like. Go, go, go cause problems in their church. Go, go, you know, sow division somewhere else because God didn't put me here for everybody to like me. He didn't. You know why I'm here? I'm here to just be an attractive. 
an, an attractant. What does that mean? I'm here just like, if you would, honey, to draw a bear. Or honey, I can't remember the other analogy. It had something to do with bees, but it just left, it left this 47-year-old mind. But can I tell you today, the reason I'm here is to be one to lift up the mighty name of Jesus. I didn't come here to draw somebody to me. We come to draw somebody to Jesus. We didn't come to draw them to be a part just of Cross Point Church. We come to draw them to the cross, to attract them to Jesus, to lift up the name of Jesus. I want to thank you for $650 this morning to the nursery offering. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. I don't really have any notes this morning other than some scriptures, but a couple things I've written down. I'm going to tell you something. If Zedekiah would have stood up and been the king and said, we're, going, we're not just going to go find out what the Lord has to say. We're going to fall on our face before the Lord. We're going, to, we're going to fear God in this. God can turn this thing around. See, the Lord spared Josiah, Zedekiah's dad, spared Josiah, and when he was king, he spared him from the judgment that would come. The reason Josiah died is because he was fighting in a battle at Megiddo that the Lord had not sanctioned. And friend, I want to tell you something. There are, you've got to choose your battles wisely. There are some things you need to back off from and say I ain't even going to touch it because God said it ain't my battle are you hearing me but here we find Zedekiah oh Fausti he was more scared of man than he was fearing God help us oh God to be more fearful of the Lord there may come a time that somebody wants to have something to say about you about how you dress about how you worship about how you praise the Lord don't you let them stifle your praise don't you let them stop you from magnifying God if anything praise him even harder if anything praise him even more open your mouth and sing play that instrument for the glory of God well they told me they don't like how I do it you ain't doing it for them you're doing it for the Lord make up your mind that I'm going to fear God and I'm going to serve the Lord Look, look, look with me. Come on. Go back to that chapter. Look at verse number four again, five again. Four. Zedekiah chose to do it his way rather than God's. How many messes have you ended up in because you tried to do it your way? Zedekiah said, Fausti, I'm going to run to the plain. I'm going to escape through these secret passages and I'm going to run to the plain. Looks good out there. Smells good. Looks good. Place of stability. But when he got out there, it was destruction. And that's the way that he went. He tried to do it his way. How many folks have tried to do it their way only to end up in bondage? Only to end up in addiction? Only to end up with your marriage destroyed? Only to end up at a place in your life that you're unhappy? There's no peace anymore. There's no joy anymore. You're doing it your way. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. I may not know what you've been through, but the reason that you're down and out all the time is you're doing it your way. The reason you can't find joy anymore is you're doing it your way. The devil has run you down that two 
two-trail road, just like Zedekiah, to a place that he says, come on, it's sweet over here. Come on, this is a place of stability. And you found yourself in your life. You don't want to get up in the morning. You can't stand your job. You look in the mirror. You can't stand yourself. You can't even stand your shadow. You're so sick of who you are. You're unhappy. You're unhappy with everything. You can't, I mean, you can't even, a happy meal has become an unhappy meal to you. You complain about it all. You murmur, you gripe, you grumble. The sky's falling. Everything's bad. Nobody's ever had it as bad as you got it, and you're doing it your way. You're miserable, and everybody else is miserable. You've plumb gotten mean in the process. If you open your mouth, venom comes out because you're so negative and critical all the time. You hadn't smiled in so long. Oh, if you did smile, we'd think you were sick. Are you hearing me today? God's looking for some folks to recognize that you've been doing it your way too long and you've made a mess of it. It's time to do it God's way. Jeremiah begged him, don't, don't, don't rebel. Obey the voice of the Lord. That's why Solomon said in Proverbs 16, there's a way that seemeth right to man, but the end thereof is destruction. Seemeth, what a powerful word. How many marriages have ended in divorce because somebody got married because it seemed to be the right thing? You need to quit getting married based off of what it seems to be. And you need to hear the voice of God. Now, once you are now hitched and married, I want you to understand, you need to put divorce out of your vocabulary. Now, can I just put a stop down right here because I like how you got quiet and are looking at me. Now, I didn't know who all was going to be here today. The Holy Ghost did. So don't leave out here and say, well, that preacher, he just he preached all straight to me. He was, somebody been talking to him. I'll tell you, we know there are biblical grounds for divorce. But Jesus dealt with divorce specifically, and this is what he said. You know what? It wasn't like this from the beginning. It wasn't like this from the beginning. He said that Moses made this provision because of the hardness of the hearts of your fathers. Moses made this provision. That's paraphrased. But in other words, Jesus is saying this. That God's plan is for when you get married, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. I, I know nobody wants to say amen to that because we're living in a day and an hour that folks like to get married and have a honeymoon and then get divorced later. We're living in that day. But I'm going to tell you this. God's plan is to restore your marriage. God's plan. Now, if you've got a situation where somebody is rebelling against God and there's no restoration, no reconciliation even possible, and there's grounds for divorce, then by all means, you fall as the Lord leads you. But I've always said if there's just two willing parties, if both are willing to try to work through it and they'll give it to God, God can work a miracle in the midst of it. But the problem is a lot of times there's either a hard-headed husband or a hard-headed wife 
life and, and one or the other are going in the wrong direction. When God Almighty today is looking for some folks to realize that if you keep trying to do it your way, it's going to end in destruction. Listen, God's plan isn't, let me, let, me, let me back up here. God's plan isn't even for your marriage to be unhappy all the days of your life. God doesn't want my wife to have to just put up with how I am and this is her lot in life. You know, she's been judged having to put up with Pastor Michael. That isn't God's plan either. So you know what that means? That means there are some old, some folks that are setting their ways that need to get in an altar and pray and ask God to help you because you being set in your ways is making everybody, oh, I love how y'all are amen to me now, is making everybody else miserable. God wants you to be happy, but if you joined in an altar and made a covenant to God and you're in that marriage relationship, then friend, you know what you need to do? You need to quit trying to do it your way and do it God's way. Help me, Lord. Far too many parents that are trying to parent their way rather than God's way. Well, we just don't, we don't discipline at our house. You know, we, we, everybody's a winner on the ball field, so we feel like everybody should be a winner at home. You know, we don't, nobody gets in trouble. You know, we talk them through it. They, they, we let them finish their screaming temper tantrums, and, and, and then we move them over to the soft padded corner that we have for them so they can't hurt themselves. And, and so, you know, we, we try to make sure that we coordinate everything. You know, everything, our house runs so smooth, and whatever, whatever little Johnny wants to do is what we let him do, and whatever little Susie wants to do is what we let him do, and and we just like to live life. Now, we are having problems at school. We've, we've had several teachers that have quit even teaching anymore because of, of what they're having to deal with, with little Johnny and little Susie. You know, we do have to make quite a few trips. We're on first-name basis with the principal. Uh, I, I actually get text messages from him now because uh, we know each other so well. We exchange Christmas presents even because uh, we've spent so much time in his office and things are, are that way. And I just don't know what happened to the to my children they've grown up now they you know they 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 become convicts they 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 steal they lie they cheat they they uh they commit adultery they're a part of the swingers club they they do a little bit of of everything nowadays i don't know what i did wrong can i tell you what this word says this word says spare the rod and you spoil the child matter of fact i'll even take it a step further don't believe me you read your bible it says it now listen let me let me, let me preface this by saying that i think that satan has sold parents a bill of goods that they cannot discipline their children correctly, that you can't use a paddle on your child. When the school system, not too far from here, your youngin does something wrong, they'll be in the office and guess what? That principal's going to put a paddle on their rear end. Did you hear me? Yes, it will happen. Don't tell me it won't. Yes, it will. But mamas and daddies want to act like uh, that, that it can't happen and this, that, and the other. And there might be some exceptions of schools, but it is allowed by the law. And I want to tell you something. God help us parents. You want to know why it's 17 and 18 years old that your child has no interest in church anymore. You need to go back and think about when you were letting them get away with everything at 6 and 7 and 8 and 9 and 10 years old. You let them make their own decisions and do their own things. You let them do it their way, not your way. They did it their way. And you were disciplining them your way, not God's way. I would never 
never advocate abuse. I would never advocate anything that is not biblical. But I want to tell you something. If parents don't start standing up again and raising your children in a way that is pleasing unto God, friend, there will come a day you are going to regret. I can tell you, I always said, my child gets called to that office to get a whipping. You better call me because I'm going to whip him first. And Hannah, yes, and whip her first. Did you ever get any paddlings in school, Pa? No. Yeah, you were the teacher's pet. That's what it was. Do it God's way. Quit trying to do it your way. Quit trying to do it the world's way. The world's answer for everything is medication. Another pill. The world's answer for everything is just go get drunk, you know, drink, drink it away. That's the world's answer. But do it God's way. Do it God's way. Zedekiah, he, we find in verse 5 that he lost what was most precious to him. They took his children and they killed his children right in front of his eyes. Killed his boys. Now we don't find in Scripture where they were mentioned as being with him, but we know they had to have followed him. He was leading them, and he led them in the wrong direction. And the enemy killed his children right in front of him. Listen to me. How many people are leading their children in the wrong direction? You know, we're living in a day today. I heard a broadcast this past week, actually it was an advertisement that there are now over, claimed to be over 50 genders. You know, God kept it simple, right? Male and female. But now we're in a day and in an hour that whatever you want to be, you can be. If you identify as that trash can out there, you can be a trash can. Whatever you identify with, you, you can be. That's the day we're living in. That, you know what that is? That's people that have headed to the plains. That sweet place that the enemy has said, come on, this, you can have it just like you want it. You can have it any way that any, any way thing that you can imagine. Come on. We're living in a day and an hour. Do you realize where we're at? Where will we be five years from now? But in this day, in this moment that we're in, that men are marrying men and women are marrying women. You can't even watch a TV show without there, that being interjected somewhere in the story. Because Hollywood wants to make sure you see it. 
We're living in this day and in this hour that no longer is mainstream America considered to be Christian. There's a division in this country. And even those that claim Christianity, there's a large majority of them that are more religious than they are anything else. We're living in a time and in a day and an hour that we better recognize that Satan is playing for keeps. He's determined to bring destruction to your life and to your family. Listen, Daddy, it's your responsibility to make sure that your children don't have to fight the same devils you've had to fight. That you And you may be having to fight the same devils that Daddy fought. Or you might be having to fight the same devils Mama fought. And it's up to you to make up your mind no more. It stops right here. This will not be passed down. This will not be in my home. This will not be in my life. This will not be in my family. This will not be in my children. This will not. Right in front of his very eyes, what was precious to him was killed. His future was taken away from him. All the plans ended in a moment. And how many are in that same place today? Satan's doing all he can to destroy your future. The next thing that happened in, the next, in that same verse was they plucked his eyes out, gouged his eyes out. Sounds pretty painful, don't it? See, there were two prophecies concerning Zedekiah, and I'm hurrying. One prophecy said that he would be carried away to Babylon, and Ezekiel said that he wouldn't see Babylon. The interesting thing is that both prophecies were true. Seemed to have contradicted each other, but that was not the case. For he was carried away into Babylon. He was carried away into confusion. He was carried away into captivity, but he couldn't see it. He had went from being the king, one that was honored, one that was esteemed, one that was obeyed, to now he has been put in, in chains. His eyes uh, literally gouged out and his children killed in front of him. And now he was in a place of captivity. See, the devil's not just going to attack what's precious to you. He's going to come after even your ability to see hope, even your ability to see the future, even the ability for you to envision better and higher and further. That's why Proverbs 29, 18 says what? Where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. Do you know why a lot of folks aren't growing in their walk with God? Because the devil has gouged their spiritual eyes out. They have no more vision for any more of God. And as a result, they're dry, they're stagnant, they're empty. God, we need God to revive a vision in us again for more of the Lord. See, there's some folks that, man, you used to be red hot and on fire for Jesus. You used to be so faithful. I mean, there, even if it was a work they called, you were there. Why? Because you had a vision for more of God. You just wanted to do something. 
something for Jesus. You read your Bible, you prayed, you worshiped, you witnessed, but somehow from then to now, the enemy has surrounded you, the enemy has attacked you, the enemy's killed off some precious things in your life, and you've lost your vision. Thank you for that amen, Maley. Sound a little more like a hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to sound like hallelujah to you. Come on, Brother Tim. How many folks, Sister Jennifer, how many folks are carried away in captivity? How many folks are bound? They bound Zedekiah with chains, fetters of brass. And they led the king to Babylon. Bound. Bound with things that maybe nobody else even knows about is in your life. Bound with things that you'd be so ashamed if anybody knew that it was there. Bound captive you've lost a lot of spiritual ground and you're trying your best to stand for the Lord but you found yourself bound on the inside in captivity God help us to be a place of freedom help us Lord Galatians 5 verse 1 he said Paul said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ hath made us free, and be what, Fausti? Not entangled again. Didn't you? We talked about that, didn't we? Not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I think you quoted that scripture, referenced it. The Lord sets you free. Live free. Don't get tangled up again with what the Lord has set you free from. Be free. You ain't got to go back to that. You ain't got to do that anymore. Be free. The, the enemy wants to lead you into this place of captivity where you're shackled and you're chained. It can be many, many different things. Maybe you're shackled and chained with the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes or the pride of life or maybe you're shackled and chained by jealousy or bitterness, or anger, or hatred, or unforgiveness. The devil wants to shackle you and to take you into a place of confusion in your life where you can never recover. Maybe you're shackled by hurts on the inside. Maybe it's, maybe it's just a, a shame of things you've done, places you've been. Maybe it could be many different things, but it's shackles that are there in your life and the enemy has you bound. We find Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Paul said this, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You play with fire. Can a man bring fire into his bosom and not be burned? No. We don't play with fire, do we? Get in trouble. 
Some are playing with fire in your life. You're playing around with things that shouldn't be there. And the enemy's plan is for it to bring destruction. His plan is for you to go just a little too far. For you to allow sin a little too much in your life. See, there's an old saying, and I don't know if I can remember, but it said sin will will uh, will take you further than, than you're willing to go and it keep you longer than you wanted to stay. Sin will creep in. And it will do everything that it can to bring destruction to your life. Now before you start dismissing that and saying, I don't have any sin in my life. Let me just say this much. The word says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if any man sin, he has an advocate with the Father. Matter of fact, the word says, if any man says that he hasn't sinned, he's a what? A liar. Doubt can be a sin. Unforgiveness is a sin. Do you hear me? Don't think for a second you can kneel on your knees and ask the Lord to forgive you of anything if you haven't forgiven somebody that's wronged you. It'll shackle you. It'll chain you. God's not mocked. He was carried away into captivity. He died in Babylon. He died there. See, if Zedekiah had just said, you know what? I'm not going to try to do this my way. Jeremiah, tell me what to do, and I'll do it. I don't care what, what others may say about it. I'm going to do what the Lord says to do. If Zedekiah would have surrendered in that way to Jeremiah, said, who knows what God would have done. He could have overturned possibly the 70 years of judgment that Israel spent in Babylon. One man. And how many today, if you would just put pride aside and be willing to surrender to God today, it would be a change in your life that would affect you, your family, your marriage, your children, your job, your friends, everything. If you would just be willing to say, I don't want to do it my way anymore. I want to do it God's way. I want you to look with me. Romans chapter 7. The previous chapter of Romans 6 says this. The wages of sin is what? Death. The word wages there in the Greek literally means a soldier's pay. A soldier's pay. So the soldier's pay of sin is death. Sin brings war. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's spiritual. But sin brings war. And today... There are some in this place that you've been drawing a paycheck from sin for far too long. Far too long. And sin has held you captive and it's become a body of death on you.
You're trying to figure it all out before you fully surrender to the Lord. And friend, it doesn't work that way because when you're living and dwelling and imprisoned and held captive in Babylon, everything is confusing. All you need to know is this, is that your first step to victory is, a, is surrendering unto Jesus. In Romans 7, Holy Ghost. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into a captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. There's far too many folks that you've been trying to escape where you're at and what you're in and what you're doing your own way. And it's not going to happen. Stand up, baby. Would you stand up? You got on, a, you got on pants under that? Stand up on that chair if you would. If you would. Get on daddy's back. Can we do this, mama? Help me, mama. All right, get up there. All right, just make sure her dress is down. Okay. There's a lot of folks... This is how you live life. And you're carrying this body. I'm not, baby girl, you're beautiful. Right? I love you. Okay. All right. I, you're not, but I'm going to call you a body of death for a moment, okay? All right. <laughs> There's a lot of you. This is where you're at. And you're carrying around this body of death day in and day out. Why? Because you're trying to do it your own way. See, this was a Roman punishment. It was a Roman corporal punishment. And what they did is they would take somebody, generally it was someone that was a murderer, and they would take him out to the edge of the town where somebody had died, where they had been buried in a shallow grave, and, and the, the worms had already started to eat into their body, and their body was already decaying, and they would literally lay them, the, the person, the, the thief or the criminal, the, the murderer down upon this body, and they would wet leather strappings and they would tie it around the arms of the person and around the dead corpse and around the legs and, and if they could manage to get up then they would have to carry that body of death anywhere that they were going. Anywhere that they would be headed they'd carry that body of death with them until eventually the death that was in that body of death began to eat away at the live body until that person begin to die and begin to decay themselves until death was inevitable. There was no way to escape it. No matter how hard they tried, they couldn't loose themselves from the straps. They couldn't loose themselves from the bands that were around them. There was no way to escape. How many are there today that you've been, come on, that you have been trying to do it your way. You've been trying to escape all on your own. But death has entered into you. And you're dying right where you are. But can I tell you that Paul went on to say, Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want you to know today that just as with Zedekiah, if he would have turned to the Lord, he would have escaped. And can I tell you today, there's still a way to escape this morning. And his name is Jesus. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. Are you okay? Get back on my back. 
I try to shake it off. one whose name is Jesus and if I'll humble myself before him how many of you right there right now see that's the problem you're not willing to humble yourself you want everybody to think how strong you are how how macho you are you won't humble yourself before the Lord you, you're, you're too strong to lay across the altar no you don't want anybody to say anything that's what Zedekiah's problem was they'll mock me Listen, you must not be as low as I thought you were. Because if you was, you'd humble yourself before the Lord. You'd look unto Jesus. Are you hearing me? Because there is one that I can call on and I can say, Jesus. He said, whatever I ask in his name, it would be given. Sweet Jesus, would you deliver me from the body of this death? Oh, please come, Jesus, and deliver me. Set me free, Lord. And can I tell you, when you call out on him, he will show up and he will deliver you. He will bring freedom to your life. It may not come when you want it, but he'll be there right on time. Amen. somebody here today that you've been trying to escape the wrong way. You need to humble yourself today. You need to put your faith in Christ alone. And you need to stand in the authority of the name of the Lord. See, Zedekiah, listen to me. Zedekiah, Brother Tim, was the last king of Judah in the Old Testament. But he's not the last king of Judah. Because there's one in Revelation. The Bible says in chapter 5, verse 5, that there is one that is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And is able to open the seals. How many of you know that lion of the tribe of Judah? Oh, and then when we jump to Revelation 19, it says they saw him. There he came. His eyes were red like fire. His hair was white like wool. Out of his mouth went a two-edged sword. And on his vesture and on his thigh it was written, King of kings and Lord of lords. There is a king of Judah today that is here to bring freedom to your life to allow you to escape from everything the devil is trying to do in your life. Come on, stand with me. Hallelujah. There is a king. There is a king. I want to ask you to search your heart right now. Search your heart. Cotton late. But do you feel like the enemy's got you surrounded? Whitney, remember that song? This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my That's all I know. This is how I fight my battle. 
something like that. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded by you. This is my niece. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Did you see that? You that. Come on. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. Give me some musicians up here. Come on. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. Come on, sing that out. Find my battles. This is how I find my I'll sing it with her. Y'all go sing it with her. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on, I think there's plenty of mics. Give me a couple more ladies up here. A few more ladies. I'm surrounded by It may look like it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, he's surrounded some folks this is how I fight my battles. 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 This is how I fight oh It may look like I'm surrounded.
I've asked the Lord, why don't people come to the altar like they used to? Why don't people just flood the altar like they used to? And I believe that a huge reason is the season we're in with all this sickness mess. I just don't want to get too close to people. I'm not going to ask you to do something you feel uncomfortable with, but I want you to know that there's plenty of room. All up here, all down that wall, all up here, all over there, all down that wall. And stepping out is faith. Stepping out is saying, Lord, I'm, I'm making a move because I need you to work in me. I'm, I'm moving right now in this direction because I need a miracle in me. I need a breakthrough in me. I need a touch in my life. I need you, Jesus. So in just a moment, they're going to start to sing this again. And I'm going to ask every last one of you that have been fighting the devil and he's been trying to drive you in the wrong direction. But you're ready to call out unto the Lord, humbling yourself before him, putting your faith in Christ alone, and standing in the authority of Jesus' name, that you're ready for that, that you won't wait on anybody else. You're going to come. You're going to come running even to this front. But listen to me. You remember the story of the prophet Elisha. I believe it was Elisha. The Bible tells us that the enemy had surrounded them. And they were scared to death. The servant was scared to death. And he asked Elijah, what are we going to do with all these in this enemy that is surrounding us? And Elijah, Elisha prayed that the Lord would open his eyes. And when he opened his eyes, in the, all along the hillside, he saw the forces and the armies of the Lord and the chariots of the Lord that had him surrounded. And Elisha said, those that are for us are more than those that are against us. So today, maybe the devil's been trying to drive you the wrong way and telling you, escape this way, escape. But the Lord is saying, run to him. He's the only way to escape. And it may look like you're surrounded. But you are surrounded by the Lord. So today, I want to ask you to move. I want to ask you to move. If you got to grab somebody's hand and say, go with me. If you got to grab a husband or a wife's hand and say, go with me. Or a friend across the aisle and say, go with me. I want you to move and let's let the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost work in us today. Because there's one way you can escape this battle. And his name is Jesus. Come on, as they begin to sing, I want you to move now. Move now. Move now. And let's let the power of God work in our lives today. Hallelujah. There's plenty of room. You can come grab your chair, bring your chair with you, and kneel down at your chair, whatever you got to do. But call out on the Lord. Call out on the Lord. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my
That's what I wanted to see right there. We'll even sit down on the floor if we got to. 